Would you turn with me this morning to a couple of scriptures in the word uh, Hebrews 11 and Psalm 27. Hebrews 11 and Psalm 27. We're going to pray before we read again and release faith. How many believe the Lord could speak to you this morning? Through the scripture. You're not limited to what I know. Are you? I mean, the Holy Spirit is really the teacher. And the scripture says you have an anointing of the Holy One. And among other things, uh, verse 27 of 1 John said that that anointing teaches you. And, uh, you know, if you just release faith, you know, if you go to any church service or any place and, and the Bible is read and this word is talked about and you get nothing, that's your fault. Did you hear me? I said, you get nothing if the Bible was read, if the Bible was talked about, and you get nothing. You know, I've been to places where, uh, in my estimation, error was taught. And I got a lot of good things. I said, what do you mean? Well, while, while the error was being taught, the Spirit of God was showing me some things as to what was right. I was getting revelation because the Bible was being talked about. And we, we trust that's not the case this morning. But I'm just saying that if you release faith when the Bible is read and the Bible is talked about, you should get something. Amen. So before we read this, let's release our faith. Father God, I pray for everyone in here under the sound of a voice and everyone through the, the tapes and any other form of media that would have eye, that you would grant eyes to see ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. Let there come answers to questions. Let there come direction and help for right now. Let there come, Lord, a supply of the Spirit, a strength. And, Lord, we'll not just be hearers only, but by your grace, doers. And as we do, we know we'll be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. How many doers do I have in here? If you're... If you're familiar with us, you know I'm big on the doing part. Amen. Everybody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. It's only the doers who get results in their life. It's not just the church goers. It's not just the tape players. It's not just the book readers. It's not just the talkers. It's only the, the doers who get results. Uh, so let me check up on you a little bit. How many have been reading your chapters then? You've been reading. That's a big part of doing here at Faith Life. Uh, we're reading the Bible through together as a church. And if you haven't been doing this and would like to hook up with us, and I strongly encourage you to, then Monday we start on Acts chapter 22. Acts 22 on Monday. We read one chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we don't wait till the end of the week and read all five. We don't read all five on Monday and say we're done. No. We only read the one. Now, if you want to, after that, you want to go read somewhere else and want to read all of Matthew or all of Isaiah, well, just help yourself. But just read that one chapter and read it when you're fresh and read it slowly and carefully and re read it with all the faith you can and feed your spirit. Pray just a few seconds before you start reading and say, Lord, feed my spirit with this. Open my eyes to see good things. Amen? Amen. So, uh, you know, there's no such thing as somebody who's a serious Christian and they don't read their Bible. And may, we may talk about being a serious Christian here at some point. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about developing a store of time and a store of money to minister. Anybody serious about that? Anybody got a God account now where you, your tithes and your offerings go? Okay. All right. If you're serious about this, then you, you, you act. You don't just talk and think. You do. Say it one more time. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. In uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter, I tell you what, how, do you have Psalm 27 already? Yes. Let's look at Psalms and then go to Hebrews. Let's read them in that order. I think you might get more out of it that way. Psalm 
27 and Hebrews 11. Now just hold your place in Psalms because we're going to come back here and look at some other passages in the Psalms this morning. But in the 27th Psalm and down in the 13th verse, the 27th Psalm, verse 13, says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. I like that, don't you? I had fainted unless I had believed to see the what? The goodness, the goodness, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, I'll just warn you, I may get happy this morning. (laughs) I might shout, I might jump. Don't, don't be afraid. I'll come back down and, and get back to my scripture at some point. But you won't scare me if you say amen or preach it, brother. You won't, I won't be startled if you say praise God. I know what's going on. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness. Have you seen any of His goodness in your life? That's the title of my message this morning. The Lord is good. I know that sounds simple, but ain't it true? (laughs) Oh, He's so good. And that's, that's a favorite saying of mine. Through the years, I've just, I've said it. You know, a lot of times throughout the day, I might say it several times, Lord, you're so good to me. Nobody else has to be around to hear it. I just say it, Lord, you're so good to me. You're so good to me. And it seems like the more I say it, the more he reveals to me that he's better than I knew. Well, that's scriptural. A faith comes by hearing, right? I'm saying it because I believe it and then I'm hearing it and I believe it more. And you watch this. Whatever you confess Him to be to you, that's what He will be to you. Amen? What about these folk that run around saying, well, no, the Lord never does anything for me. I don't, I don't understand all those folk talking about God did this. and he, I, I never get anything. You believe you never get anything. You say you never get anything. So don't be surprised. When you don't get anything. People say, well, you know, I don't let Mark eleven twenty three that name it and frame it and claim it and confess it, possess it. So I don't believe in all that. That don't work for everybody. That don't work for me. Just did. Just did. It works just as effectively, negatively, as it does positively. Would God Christians would wake up? Because people say, well, you just watch it. Every time about this year, I get the flu. Well, you just watch it. You know, my kids will be the first ones to come down with it. You just watch it. I'll be the first one to get laid off. Well, people and people think that faith doesn't work. Well, that is a form of perverted faith. You're believing something that hasn't happened. You got no nothing in the natural to cause you to know and can confidently expect it to happen. You just believe that it's going to happen, and you say it's going to happen. And this is not just some preacher. Jesus said. If you say and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, you'll have what you say. Jesus said it. It's a fact. It's a spiritual law. Well, what if you go around all the time saying, God is so good to me. Man, He's so good to me. He's so good to my kids. He's so good to me. 
Lord, you're so good. And you'll find out that he will demonstrate to you. You know, it's not enough just to believe that God is a good God. You must believe he's my good God. It's not enough just to believe God is a healer. You must believe he's my healer. It's not enough just to believe God can provide. You need to claim him as my provider. He provides for me. I mean, we know this where salvation is concerned. You understand there's people in this city and in this state and in this country, many, many, many of them believe in God, but they're not saved because they have never received Him as their, their Lord, their Savior, right? Somebody said out loud, He's my God, my Savior, my provider, my healer. Amen. Now notice, I had fainted unless I had what? Believed to see. Somebody said, well, if I could see, I'd believe. No. No. Seeing, but you know, sometimes you even hear that phrase, seeing is believing. Nothing could be further from the truth. Seeing has got nothing to do with believing. If you're seeing it, you're not believing it. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So to be in faith about it, you can't see it. Once you're seeing it, you're not in faith about it. Well, seeing is believing. No, believing is believing. Well, when I see it, I'll believe it. No, it's too late to believe it then. Now, if you don't understand that, don't let it get away from you. When I see it, I'll believe it. No, there never will be any believing involved in that scenario. When you see it, you see it. It's not believing unless you can't see it. Remember Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Or another word for that is expected. And the evidence of things not seen. So if it's faith, it's not yet and it's not seen. How many in faith that Jesus is coming back? I don't mean you're saying, well, we'll just wait and see if he comes. No, no, he's coming. Is that right? Do you believe it? Then it hadn't happened yet. You don't see it. So you're in faith. And it's part of that faith that makes you saved. Amen. You have this expectation. I had fainted unless I had what? Get it now. How are you going to see it? I'm going to believe to see. Amen. You believe first, then you see. You believe you got the money to pay your bills, then you see the money. Somebody says, show me the money. God says, show me the faith. And I show you the money. Show me the healing. Well, show him some faith. Amen. And he'll show you some healing. Show him some faith. He'll show you some victory. Amen. How many believers do I have in here? We don't call this Faith Life Church for nothing now. I mean, if you don't like this, well, it probably won't get any better for you. Because we're going to talk about believing God. We're going to talk about getting results. Now, in this life. Amen. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness. The goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. What did the scripture say? In the land. Oh, I like it. In the land of the living. That's right here. That's right now. The goodness of the Lord. Go to Hebrew. Hold your place in Psalms. We're going back there. But go to Hebrews 11. I'm glad I came this morning. We need to hear about God's goodness. Your faith, no matter how much you think you know about it, your faith needs to be fed. Stirred up on it. And do you understand that God has been misrepresented to the masses? He's been lied on. 
even from pulpits. Did you hear me? God has been misrepresented. He's been lied on. And the reason why is because the enemy is forever trying to malign and slander God. Because when people see how good he is, they'll come to him. Now, that's not just my phrase. Romans says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And the reason why people are staying away from God by the millions is because they don't believe He's good. They believe He's hard. They believe all they've heard about is He'll judge you. He'll punish you. And He's mad at you because of your sin. And that's not true. I said, that is not true. That's a lie. I'm going to say some things pretty strong this morning because it needs to be said. Amen. The gospel is called the good, good news. Good news. And yet what's, what has been preached and called the gospel is not the gospel. God's mad at you, you dirty bunch of sinners. You've fallen so far short of the glory of God and you're going to hell if you don't change. Is that good news? That is not good news, right? And most people that's not living right, they know they're not living right. And yet they've been told, God's mad at you. You don't come up to His standard. You know there's thousands of people that will drive by churches this morning and they'll look at them and feel condemned because they're not in there, but they feel like that they're not good enough. To go to church. They're inferior to all the holy ones that are in there. And that God, they're not good enough for God. Well, that's why God sent Jesus. Amen. None of us qualified. The best we could do, our righteousness was as filthy rags in His sight. So He gave us His righteousness. Made us righteous, made us worthy, made us holy, made us with with His own blood. Can you say amen? Amen. And because of that, He's not mad at us. So, well, the sinner that's done all those bad things, He's mad at them. No, He is not. No. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing or holding against them their trespasses. He's already judged their sin on Jesus centuries ago. The price has already been paid. There is no sin problem anymore. There's just a doubt problem. People not believing on Him. Not receiving it. If people saw that God is good, they'll come to Him. The goodness of God leads people to repentance, to change. To come to Him. Now it's not just that. Preachers have, have told people, you know, God killed your baby with disease. God destroyed your house with that tornado to teach you something. Well, now, hold on. Is that good? Is that good when a relative perishes in, in young life or midlife with disease? Somebody said, well, now you just may not know what good is. No, don't tell me that. God give you enough sense to know that that's not good. Did you hear me? Like I said, I'm going to get into some things this morning. Just just hold that thought in Hebrews and go to Genesis. Is he good? Or is he bad? Do you know what good is? People are confused. About what good is, they'll tell us, well, we may not know what's good. Maybe it's good for us to suffer with disease. Maybe it's good for us to be broke. Maybe that's better for us than uh, having plenty of money. People believe it by the millions, right? Well, maybe we don't know what's best for us. Maybe God knows that uh, we need to be broke. Well, maybe God's teaching us something with this cancer. Well, why don't you hurry up and learn your lesson then and get out of it? 
Somebody said, well, you better watch it, young man. <laughs> you know, you, you're talking about sickness has never been the work of God. Amen. Did you know that not even death is of God? You hear people say, well, God took them in death. No, He didn't. Mm-mm. Death is not even of God. Gonna say, are we going to die? Yeah. Unless the Lord comes back beforehand. He didn't promise us we're going to live down here forever. Who wants to live down here forever? I see some of you don't believe me. Hold your place. Before you go to Genesis, go to 1 Corinthians. Well, I would go to Genesis if everybody believed what I just said, but they don't believe it. So 1 Corinthians 15. Do not take my word for it. But let me challenge you with something, friend. Base your life on the Scriptures, not on what somebody told you. Amen. I don't care how long you believed it. I don't care if Grandma believed it. I don't care who, what preacher you know that believes it. Where's the Scripture that says it? Right? 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Verse 25, are you there? 1 Corinthians 15, 25 says, For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? Is death a blessing of God? Death is the enemy of God. If man had never sinned, there wouldn't even be any death. And thank God one of these days, all things are going to be restored. And didn't Revelation tell us there's going to be no more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more dying. No more death. Now that's going to be amazing. I mean for millennia after millennia, no funerals. No hospitals. No cemeteries. Does God have a different will for the earth than He does for heaven? He said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God hasn't changed. It was never His will for there to be sorrow and pain and suffering and death. It's in the earth because of man's sin and the devil's work. Neither of those is of God. Right? God is good. Sin is not good. Death is not good. Let, let, me, let me give you this thought. Change the way you talk about death. People say, well, God took them. You see, somebody died 25 years old in a car wreck. Somebody said, well, God took them because he needed another angel in the choir. That's, that's unscriptural. Amen. Did you hear me? First of all, we are not angels, and we're never going to be. For you to become an angel would be a demotion. The Bible says we shall judge angels. It's good to read the Bible once in a while, isn't it? Well, you just learn all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Not only that, somebody said, what do you mean God took them? No, no, it, that wasn't God's perfect will for them to die in an accident at 25. If they're saved, they went to be with Him. Amen. It's better to say it that way. Yes. Amen. They went to be with Jesus. Amen. And to be with Him is far better than being here. Can you say amen? amen? Again, don't take my word for any of this. Search it out. Find the scriptures. But if you're going to tell me it's not that way, you better bring your Bible. you got to show me in the Bible. Amen. And you'll find that a lot of times, you know, the Lord challenged me when I first got in the ministry. He said, examine what you believe and why you believe it. And every time you think of something you believe, find it in the Scripture. And it needs to be in the mouth of two or three witnesses, not just half a verse. If it's really a Bible truth, you'll find it in different places. And so as I begin to do that, I'd think of things. Well, I believe that. Well, where's that at? Well, I know it's in there. And I'd get to looking. There's one particular thing. I looked and looked for weeks. I couldn't find anything that said anything remotely like that. 
And I thought, well, I know what's in there. I know that's the truth. Well, find it. Where's it at? Finally, I just have to come to the conclusion, I never saw that in the Bible. I heard a relative of mine say that when I was a little boy, and then I heard a preacher say it, and I assumed, well, that's true. And it wasn't true. Well, don't quit having fun on me now. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, don't take my word for it. Search the Scriptures. In Genesis, go on to there now, please. Genesis, the first chapter. Everybody say it. Believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. God's a good God. When you really see, I mean, the more you see it, the more you'll love Him, the more you want to give your life to Him, the more you want to serve Him. And the devil has lied about God. And people are staying away from Him by the millions because they believe He's mad at them and they believe He'll hurt them. Right? And they believe if you really give your life to Him, you're going to be unhappy. People believe that if you really sell out to God, if you really live for Him completely, you're going to be unhappy. Because you can't have fun. They do it. People believe it. Hey, you really serve God, your fun's over. Can't party. Can't have fun. Can't do what you want. Can't have money. Can't have anything. Said who? I said, said who? In the Bible, God's covenant people were the richest people in town. Abraham. David, Solomon, Job, the list goes. So somebody said, Job, poor old Job. Wrong choice of words. Job, by today's standard, was a multi-billionaire. God made him that way. He said, yeah, but God took it all away. No, historians tell us that probably the whole account of Job lasted less than a year. For sure, less than a year and a half. Job had a bad year. He had a rough year. But don't miss the punchline. At the end of the book, Job prayed for his friends. God turned his captivity, gave him twice as much. He was already a multi-billionaire before he started with this deal. That's why the devil hated him so much. The devil hates righteous people and holy people, but there's something he hates worse than that. It's rich, righteous, holy people. Oh, man. Oh, does he hate that. (laughs) Which is all the more reason that you ought to be one. (laughs) Genesis 1, are you there? Man, I didn't intend to say all this this morning. Genesis 1 accounts the creation uh, of, of the earth. God's always been good. Everything He does is good. Yes. Amen. That's what the psalmist said. God is good and He does good. Yes. Now notice it says, verse 10, God called the dry land earth, just Genesis 1.10, and the gathering together of the waters called the He sees, and God saw that it was what? Good. Verse 12, he, he brought, caused the earth to bring forth grass and herb and, and the fruit whose seed was in itself. And God saw that it was good. Verse 18, he made the lights to rule over the day and the night. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21, he made the whales and, and all the fish and things in the sea. And he saw that it was Good. Verse 25, he made the beast of the earth and cows and creeping things, and he saw that it was good. Now, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was what was very good. Everything that God had made was very good. Now, I got a question for you. On which day did God create poverty? Think about it now. On the first day? Second day? On which day did God create lack? Think about it. 
Could you look at poverty and go, Behold, it is very good. Now, I know it sounds humorous, but we've got, we've got all kind of Christians and ministers trying to tell us that it may be good. We may just not have enough sense to know that it's good for us to be broke. On which day did God create sickness and disease? On which day of creation did God create cancer or AIDS or diabetes or emphysema or high blood pressure? Which day? Got quiet in here. Hmm? He, he did not. It was not a part of his original creation. And so something that came later as a result of sin is not an improvement on God's work and does not clarify and change the will of God. How many believe when God made Adam and Eve in His own image, He made them perfect? He didn't make them with a squint in one eye, one leg shorter than the other, and, and organs missing. And Hmm? It's hard for us to realize. I mean, as beautiful as creation is, thank God. I mean, it's, so much of the beauty remains, but it's in a fallen state. We haven't seen it the way it was originally created. If you'd have told Adam before the fall, if you'd have said, uh, man, I got a headache. He was brilliant. He talked with God on his level. He named all the animals, but he wouldn't have known what you're talking about. He'd have said, headache. What? You said, my head hurts. And he'd have said, explain. What do you mean? He never had a bad day. He never had a day when he felt kind of off. Oh, glory to God. Because God's creation is good. I said good. Sickness is not good. Oppression and torment and anxiety is not good. Poverty and lack is not good. Sin is not good. Then how did all these things get in the earth? Romans 5.12 tells us. You don't have to turn there. But look it up later if you want to. Romans 5.12 says, for his, well, turn there then. <laughs> don't take my word for it. You shouldn't. Romans 5. Romans 5.12, are you there? Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Why is there death in the earth? Because of sin. We can't even just really blame it on the devil. Because that's how he got in. It's through man's sin. Now, when you see the word death, it doesn't just mean physically dying. It's spiritual death that allowed physical death to come in. But poverty, lack, torment, anguish, sickness, all these things are manifestations of spiritual death. And thank God soon and very soon, like we said, it's all going to be done away with. Amen. The Lord's going to restore all things. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein there is no curse. None. Nothing that hurts and harms. I mean, it's amazing. Did you remember, you read in Isaiah how that he said the little child will play over the, the, the serpent's den and how that the uh, lion would lie down with the lamb. The lion's going to eat grass like an ox. No longer be carnivorous. There'll no longer be any killing in the animal kingdom. See, things are far different than the way God intended. All the violence that is in the earth was not part of God's original creation. Interesting, isn't it? It's going to be peace. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. Talk about some good weather. <laughs> We're going to have 
We'll be in no tornadoes, no hurricanes. It won't be too cold. It won't be too hot. It won't be too windy. It'll be just right every day. All the time. Won't need any air conditioning. Won't need any heat. Oh, glory to God. That's what you and I have to look forward to. You know, for the Christian, for the child of God, this is as rough as it gets right now. This is, this is as rough as it gets for us. Now, for the sinner, this is as good as it gets. That's bad. But for us, this is as rough as it gets. Let me talk some more about the goodness of God. Is that okay? Go back to Psalms real quickly. He said, I had fainted lest I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you have time for us just to go to a few verses and read them this morning? Psalm 31. Psalm 31 and verse 19. Are you there? Psalm 31, 19 said, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you. Everybody say, that's me. Which you have wrought or worked for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Go to the 34th Psalm. The 34th Psalm, verse 8. 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is... Is He good? What's good? Is He bad sometimes? Huh? Are you sure? Is He good all the time to everybody? Well, now, do you know what good is? Hold your place. (laughs) Go to Matthew. I could quote some of these verses, but you know it's good to go to them sometime. Let your eyes rest on them. Matthew 7. I'm asking the question, do you know what good is? Matthew 7 And verse 7 says what? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. Him that knocks, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? He's asking us a question. Jesus is talking. He's using natural things to reveal to us spiritual things. So let's answer his question. What good father, if his son or daughter asked for a piece of bread, they're going to give him a rock? Would that be good? That wouldn't be good. Do we have enough sense? Has God given us enough sense to not give our kids rocks to eat? Huh? Now, I know that sounds funny, but do you realize we have all kinds of people in churches trying to tell us that God will give you a rock sometimes for your own good? Huh? They're telling us this. Is it true? Where's the Scripture? This is Scripture. We're reading Scripture right here. He said, if... If your son or daughter asks you for a fish, will you give them a snake? It might bite them, hurt them, kill them. Do we have enough sense to give the kid a fish instead of a snake? We don't know more about good than God does, right? If you ask him for something good, is he going to give you something bad? Keep reading. If you then be an evil compared to him... You know how to give what? Good gifts unto your children. How much 
more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things, oh, hallelujah, good things to them that ask Him. We know something about good. Do you know how to be good to your kids? Do you know how to be good to your husband or good to your wife? Good to your friend? Where did we get that? How do we understand enough to, to know the difference between good and bad? We got it from God. We're made in His image. We're made in His likeness. And if we know something about being good, how much more? Amen. Does He know how to give what? Good gifts. Good things. Good things. What the Bible say? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He never changes. Never do he and the devil get confused and swap jobs. Never does the devil get to blessing people who serve him. Somebody say, oh boy, if you'll serve the devil, he'll bless you. It's not within his capacity to bless. He can tear stuff up, but he can't fix it. Ah, you have to watch. God may take everything you got away from you to teach you something and to humble you. No. No. Now, if you disobey Him, you can get into trouble. Did you hear me? If you don't believe Him, you can get into trouble. Why is there curse in the earth? Why are are awful things happening? Because man has a free choice. And people choose to do wrong. And they choose to fear and they choose to disobey because men have a free will and because there's sin in the earth, it opens the door to the devil and death. And that's why there's all the terrible, I mean, there's suffering, there's pain, there's all this. But God didn't do it. I said, God didn't do it. When He made everything, He made it good, very good. I want to ask you again, on which day did He create disease? He didn't. Which day did He create lack and poverty? Which day did He create death? Or or, or anguish? Or or being upset? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Everything He made was very, very good. Hallelujah. Go back to Psalms now, please. Psalm 34, verse 8. O taste and see... That the Lord is good. He's a good God and He does good things all the time for everybody that will believe Him. We're, we're going to have communion this morning. And we're partaking of the elements. And by faith partaking of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. And when you taste of these elements, when you taste of Him by faith, what do you taste? It's all good. Right? You don't taste any bitterness in Him. You don't taste any death in Him. It's all good. He's all good. Amen. Could God pour out more goodness on your life? Could you experience more goodness? Could you be a channel of goodness to other people? Is it good to be broke and and not have a car? Or is it good to have a new car? That was weak. And you see people that are, oh, oh, now you have to watch it. You have to watch it. Well, is a cheap watch better or is a, a good watch better? Hmm? Well, I ain't spending all that money on it. Well, what if, what if God gave it to you? Let me ask you a question. If God gave you a good watch, an expensive watch, would you wear it? Some pe- you know, some people wouldn't. So I'm not worried. I said, if the Lord gave it to you, you going to tell Him no? You're not going to wear it? If the Lord puts you in a good house and said, live in this house for me and let people see I'm good, you say, no, that house too big. I'm not living in that. I don't want no big house. I said, if he, 
You understand? People are so set in some of this stuff, they wouldn't yield to the will of God. They're not even open to it being His will. To bless them. Now, if we're convinced that being sick is His will, then don't even go to the doctor. Because you're trying to get out of His will. So people don't even believe this stuff. I mean, they'll go to the doctor, they'll spend their last dime, they'll do everything they can to get rid of it, and then turn around at church and say, well, now it might be His will. Well, now, if it's His will, then quit trying to get out of it. And bear your cross like a man. See, this stuff don't make sense. (laughs) No, go to the doctor. Yeah, do everything you can to get out of it because it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Fight it. Resist it. Why? Because it's of the devil. It's of the curse in the earth. Resist poverty. Resist oppression. Resist sickness. Fight to live. Fight to prosper. Amen. You're not fighting God. He's not in the sickness. He's not in the lack. He's in the goodness. I said He's in the goodness. He's a good God. And He does good things. Hallelujah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. That trusts in Him. Keep reading. Verse 9, Psalm 34. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for there is no want to them that fear Him, that reverence Him and respect Him and honor Him. How many believe that? Is this Bible now? No want. No lack. To them that fear Him. The young lions, that's the strong in the earth. Do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Are you seeking the Lord? You putting him for? He said, you won't lack, you won't want any good thing. Of course, if it ain't good, you don't want it anyway. You say, well, I, I like to party. I like to do drugs. Drugs are not good. Drugs will kill you. Well, I like to run around. I like to commit adultery and fornicate. It's not good. It'll kill you. Destroy your marriage. Destroy your honor. Hmm? God will give you every good thing within His will. Amen. He can give you everything you're looking for in marriage if you'll trust Him. Amen. He can give you everything. I mean, He's got something beyond drugs. He can bless you. He can lift you higher than any pill could ever get you with no hangover, no flashbacks, no damage to your brain cells. If it's good, He's got it. Amen. And He'll give it to you. If it's not what He has, it ain't good. Don't believe the devil. Devil's such a liar. He tries to paint a picture like you see on these billboards. Here you got this guy. He's the young, suave guy around town. He's got two women, one on each arm. He's got, you know, uh, some some liquor in his hand. And he's got a fast car. And he is the partier, man. He is the happening man. Uh, the devil don't show you the end of that chapter. Hmm? He slept with all these strangers and he blowed his money and he wrecked his car and he's messed up his lungs and his blood system and he's laying in the, in the hospital bed with IVs, nobody there to visit him, nobody cares, no money, all his partying friends are gone, hmm? dying from some disease. No, it ain't what the devil cracks it up to be, but in God. The the devil's lied to the Christian. In God, you can be rich. In God, you can be healthy. You can be free. You can be successful. Amen. He has all the good stuff. The devil has none of the good stuff. Glory to God. The Lord is good. Somebody say it. The Lord is good. 
go, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Look in Psalm 84, and I'm closing. I have a bunch of these, but we don't have time to go through all of them. Psalm 84, we could take time, but I want us to observe communion and not rush it. Amen. Psalm 84. And why don't you find Psalm 23 and just hold them there both together. Psalm 84. Then we're going back to 23 and I think I'm closing. You know, the Apostle Paul said, Finally, brethren, in the middle of Philippians, in the middle of the book, he says, Finally, brethren. It's always been that way. So we're in good company. Psalm 84, verse 11. 84, 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now get this, get this. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing. I like what Romans says, that if God spared not His own Son, was it Romans 8.32, I believe it is. If God spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? If He'd give Jesus to you, He'll sure give you a place to live. He'll sure give you money to pay your bills. Is it good to pay your bills or bad? Is it good to be broke? Good to be behind? Is it good to hurt in your body? Or is it good to take a deep breath and feel no pain? Huh? Is it good to be tormented in your mind? Or is it good to have pain? We know what good is. We don't know all there is to know about good. But God gave us enough sense to know how to be good to our kids and good to our wife. And He's far better. How much more? I like Psalm 23. Look there with me as we close. You know the psalm about the good, the what kind? Good shepherd. Not bad shepherd, good shepherd. Is our good shepherd killing our kids? Is he causing us to have car wrecks? Is he tearing up our homes with storms? No, he's not. Somebody said, well, God did that. We don't know. No, 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 no. God didn't do that. Did you hear me? He didn't do that. God is good. And He does good. Amen. And all the rest of it you can blame on us and the devil. But not Him. In Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Ah, so many wonderful things here talking about the good shepherd. Verse 6. I like it. Surely what? Surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody said, well, trouble follows me everywhere. Don't say that again. Goodness is on my heels. Goodness and mercy follow me. Goodness and mercy overtakes me. Amen. Goodness overflows my house. God's so good to my family. He's so good to our kids. He's so good to my business. He's so good to us in the church. He's good. Something's bad, we start resisting that. We bind that up, we shut it down. We say, not here you don't. But if it's good, we hey, that's God. Amen. We embrace it, we receive it. This goodness is available to us through the price Jesus paid. He offered up His blood. He offered up His body. And the Bible said He redeemed us. That means He bought us. Bought us. Paid for us. Why? So that we could have the good life. Oh, i got to read another verse. I thought of another verse. Can Can you take another verse? Amplified Bible. Do we have that? Phyllis and I have been reading this almost every day for months. Now, before we came to Branson, the Lord put, us, put this in our hearts, and we've been reading it, and we have begun to walk it out. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians 2. You got time for another scripture, don't you? Ephesians. Now, I don't always read this many verses. Sometimes I read more. But (laughs) sometimes I read less. But in Ephesians 2, I want you to read this. I'm reading now the Amplified. Verse 7 said, He did this, He raised us up with Christ, that He might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of His free grace in His kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Now verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Now get this. This is what we've been believing for. That we should walk in them living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life. I'm reading Bible, friend. Living the good life. Somebody say it. Living the good life, which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. How many believe God's got some good things that He's planned for you? If you'll just obey Him and believe Him, He'll get them to you and you to them. Amen. You know, when Phyllis and I made the decision to go to Bible school and enter into the ministry, we, were, we had nothing. We were just as broke as could be. And we found a little bitty apartment with used nasty furniture in the shoot 'em up rough part of town. And we began to go to school. And the Lord said to me in a time of prayer, He said, when you made the decision to leave everything and follow me fully, I set some things in motion for you. Good things. They will intersect your life. You'll intersect them if you stay on course for me. And you know, we just, uh, we got a contract on selling our house in Tulsa. Amen. Thank God which we believe for to get for, you know, 20 years. We went from the little bitty apartment to a nicer apartment and to a nicer place to a little rent house and into a house and into a house. <laughs> this house that we're selling out, very nice, very nice. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the prosperity of the Lord. A swimming pool, big swimming pool. Amen. Tennis court. Yeah, yeah, lighted, six-car garage. Somebody said, don't tell all that. I'm telling it, okay? The Lord gave it to me. Amen. I didn't take, I didn't steal one offering to do it. I didn't take any, anybody's Social Security checks. (laughs) No No orphan's lunch money. It's not what you have. It's how you got it. Did you hear me? And the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. And the thing I'm, I, read, I told you all that is because they started building that house the same year we made the decision to go to school and obey him. And I, it was perfect for we, we'd If we'd have tried to design it, it was just perfect for us. But I'm saying God has good things, good things planned for you. If you believe Him, if you obey, it don't all come to pass in a in a year. Doesn't all come to pass over. You got to stay hooked. Have to stay with God. Stay faithful. Stay obedient. I mean, it didn't that didn't happen for us in a year or two or ten. But we stayed with God. Amen. Stayed hooked. Kept believing Him. Kept sowing. Kept traveling. Obeying. wasn't always easy. But hey, the life in God is the good life. I said it's the good life. Living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. We're going to honor God 
in observing communion this morning for all this goodness He's poured out on our life. We're going to reverence Him and respect Him and honor Him in receiving the elements.